The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven.
Good morning, family. Today, we mark the third week of Advent. Our Savior draws near. Hear these words of the prophet. Imagine the wilderness whooping for joy, the desert's unbridled happiness with its spring flowers. It will happen. The deserts will come alive with new growth, budding and blooming, singing and celebrating with sheer delight. The glory of the Eternal One will be on full display there, and they will revel in the majestic splendor of our God. So, with confidence and hope in this message, strengthen those with feeble hands, shore up the weak need and weary. Tell those who worry, the anxious and fearful, take strength, have courage, there's nothing to fear. Look here, your God, right here is your God. The balance is shifting. God will right all wrongs. He is coming to make you safe. Then such healing, such repair. The eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the deaf will be clear. The tongue of the mute will sing out loud and clear in joyful song. Waters will pour through the deserts. Streams will flow in God-forsaken lands. Burning sands and hardened wastelands will become pools, shimmering with life. The thirsty ground will drink deep from refreshing springs. Dry lands will turn lush and green. Those whom the Eternal One has recalled from exile, they will walk this path waltzing to Zion, singing their way to that place of relation to God. An aura of joy never ending will attend them. They will clasp gladness and joy to their hearts while sadness and despair evaporate into thin air. Ecclesia, He is coming. May our voices ring out clear in expectation Today, we light the candle of joy. Are you tired? Are you worried? 
As we continue in our worship, join me now in this offering prayer. In the season of anticipation, we gather with our hearts as one family, offering our lives to the building of your new world. We remember your coming, celebrate your presence, and await your return. Creation has received your greatest gift, a baby born to heal all. May we respond in faith by laying our very best at your feet in worship. May love and peace reign and our coming King be celebrated with every breath. Amen. Hello, Ecclesia family. Welcome to the third Sunday in Advent. It is going by so fast. We're so honored that you're here with us today. If we haven't met in person, my name's Wayne. I'm one of the campus pastors here, and I wanna take a few moments to pause and to give you some updates on some of the things that are going on, some of the ways that we can participate and celebrate and remember Jesus coming, his birth in this season. As you know, for years, We've taken a special offering at Ecclesia during the season of Advent in order to bless so many of our brothers and sisters across the globe with the gift of clean water. And I'm struck this year in particular by some of the simple things that the pandemic has taught us. And one of the things that I've learned is my habits around washing my hands. And I even have an app on my watch now that can tell my location. So it knows when I leave my house and then it knows when I get back that it's time to wash your hands. And I get a gentle tap on my wrist that says, time to wash your hands. And then when I go to the sink and I start to wash my hands, it puts up a counter for me and lets me know, nope, you're not quite to, you're not quite to 20 seconds yet. You gotta keep going. And it's so simple, but it's so helpful in this season. And I'm reminded all the time of how much I need something as simple as clean water to wash my hands. And in this season, 
where the pandemic is global and it's impacting our brothers and sisters. And in particular, it impacts those who are vulnerable and in need in far greater capacities. What an easy way for us to pool our resources together and provide something that we often don't even think of as essential, but that clean water that comes right into my house that I can wash my hands with. These folks desperately need that in order to keep themselves and their families safe. And they need clean drinking water. That's, that's part of it too. But we wanna invite you to give and to consider what's your part and how we pull our resources together to bless our brothers and sisters with something they desperately need. That's why we're doing that. And you can participate in this offering. You can get all the info you want on that at ecclesiahouston.org slash advent. There's a place where it says give, but we wanna invite you to give and to consider what your gift looks like um, and to know that it makes a huge difference in so many people's lives for something so simple. Next Ecclesia, I wanna take a moment to remind you about our special advent podcast that we're releasing uh, for you. Seriously, what a gift. I was listening to it in the car on my way over here to record from the latest episode. And I cannot tell you how grateful and impressed I am uh, every time we do these with our staff. We have an amazing staff, so talented, so insightful. And they have curated some uh, original music, some fresh liturgies and prayers, and some fresh teaching uh, from several different voices from our staff. It was a gift to me today as I was driving in, and I know it'll be a gift for you. We wanna make sure that you have time to pause and consider Jesus' birth in this new way. You can find that podcast at ecclesiahouston.org slash advent. You can also find it in the Apple Podcast app there. Trust me, this is gonna be a gift for you. You don't wanna miss it. And then next, I wanna let you know about Christmas Eve. What an amazing tradition and what something that we absolutely love uh, to gather together and to sing some Christmas carols and to light some candles. And we have got a really great way to do that safely this year. And we're gonna do that in our even song style at 1100 Elder downtown on Christmas Eve. Uh, we've got some time set up at 4 p.m., 5 p.m. and 6 p.m. already. Lots of music, lots of chance to sing those Christmas carols. We've got some prayers and some liturgy, and we've got a safe way to be able to light candles together this year as well. It's gonna feel very similar to the last even song uh, where it'll probably feel more like a tailgate where you can stay near and with your car, set up a blanket, put out some lawn chairs, drop the tailgate, be in the hatch of your, your SUV, uh, but we can sing and we can be together in one space. Please sign up for that because we do uh, have uh, only a few uh, number of parking spots. So we want to make sure that we reserve a spot for you to come. You can find the info to register there at ecclesiahouston.org slash advent. And then we're going to do something special on top of that as well. We're going to offer an online Christmas Eve gathering as well, where again, you can watch this uh, to sing. There'll be a, more of a Christmas message there as well. And that'll be available that you can watch uh, with your family on Christmas Eve the next day. Uh, if you're like me, you can do both. Uh, and what a gift that'll be. And you can find that on ecclesiahouston.org slash online starting on Christmas Eve. Ecclesia, we love you. We're so grateful that we have some safe ways to gather together in this season. And we look forward to that opportunity. So take advantage of that. And next Ecclesia, I just wanna invite you in this busy season where there's so much to do, so many things that we need to take care of, so many preparations that we have, to just take a moment and pause and take in a deep breath 
and just center yourself because we're so honored that our lead pastor, Christy, is going to take a few moments and open the scriptures with us today. And he's got a message from God's word for you. My hope and my prayer for you is that you see with fresh eyes the story of God coming to earth as a human being, as a child, and it creates hope even in this season for you. Ecclesia, we love you. Thanks for being with us. God bless. Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and it's my privilege to welcome you to the third week of Advent. Can you believe that 2020 is actually going to come to an end? And that we're going to end 2020 doing what we're made to do, which is to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Sean reminded us beautifully last week that the Christmas story is not what you think. Uh, when John retold that story on the island of Patmos, which was an amazing place for him to experience these visions from God, right? And he communicates what he saw in these visions. And one of these visions was that when the savior of the world was born, there was a collision between good and evil. It was portrayed in that narrative in this apocalyptic way with a dragon. And uh, I've looked around this week, I've found a few nativities with some dragons in them. And in fact, I went and found one. Here's a photo of the kids and I at our new nativity. And thanks to Sean, uh, we've added a dragon to it. And hopefully like you, we've been reminded that Christmas is not just this nostalgic practice. It's definitely not about Santa Claus. We don't want him in the center of our manger. It is really about this epic battle between good and evil. And when we worship truly as Christians at Advent, and worship at Advent is hard. It's hard every year because Advent, you know what it's about, right? It's about waiting. If you remember what it's like, to have a baby, right? When my kids were born, you just, you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you want to meet them so desperately. And every year, we know the world needs a savior and we're waiting and we're waiting and we want to celebrate that new savior and we want to do it in a way that's fitting. And I believe that that reminder of the battle between good and evil frames who we are as a people, Ecclesia, these people that said many years ago, through this movement that we really founded called Advent Conspiracy, that we set as a church with a group of other churches, we want to be a people that worship fully, that spend less and give more, and that we love all in this season. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. What does it look like to be at the brink of what I think can be transformative for all of us? And at the same time, it's a season uh, that things kind of ramp up. In fact, Part of what I would tell you is we come to the end of the year, I always have this sense that this internal metronome, right? This, if you're a musician, you know what it's like to practice with this metronome. You think your rhythm's pretty good, then you put the metronome on and you find out you're a little off, right? And you just gotta find that rhythm. And what I think happens to us at Christmas time is that all of our metronomes just start to speed up. And for many of us, they almost start to feel like a ticking time bomb, right? That we're just, this far from exploding. I had moments in traffic, right? Where I'm feeling like the Christmas spirit. I'm like, hey, these people that never get in line and they cut in at the last minute, like, come on in, right? And then all of a sudden they'll fail to wave at me like any good Texan should do. If somebody lets you in, what do you do, right? Hey, thanks. They don't do the Texan thing to do, which is to wave. And all of a sudden I've got this anger, right? Like, who do you think you are? You could at least tip your hand to me, right? And I feel like most of us are kind of teetering at this place that we're, we're trying to make this a beautiful season. It's been a hard year and we really want it to be good. And if it doesn't go good, if things don't go well, if we give a great gift and we don't get the response we're hoping for, then maybe things start to go sideways for us. 
I believe that we're not made to live ecclesia like we're teetering at the edge. I don't think this is a season where our metronome is supposed to be running so fast that we feel like things are starting to get out of control. And so I wanna invite you into this season to practice this first tenet that we've declared as a part of Advent Conspiracy, to worship fully. If you don't worship this season, if you don't worship that baby king, nothing else is going to go well for you. And if you're like me, you're likely saying, I wanna worship fully, and yet my entire rhythm for worship has been thrown off because our church isn't gathering and doing the thing I love to do to worship God so much, which for me, and maybe for you, is to sing and to sing together. I can't tell you, there's a lot about 2020 that I don't like, but not standing in these rooms at the West Side and at Elder and singing songs about Jesus, led by the most talented people that I know, not being able to do that from week to week has thrown me off a bit. And so I wanna invite you into some new practices. We've got to find, just as I tell my kids all the time, right? There are parts of my job that's really hard for them. And I gotta tell them like, hey, when you get the chance, we gotta lean into the upside of this job, right? Because the downside is the downside. But, um, you know, we're gonna go do a wedding and it's in Mexico and they're all gonna go with me. And all of a sudden they're like, dad, your job doesn't suck. Like, it's great to be a pastor's kid. Now the next week they may be like, we hate it. Uh, 2020 has got some, some real downsides, no doubt about it. Would you allow me to help you focus on what the upsides are? And this is what I'd tell you. Though we're not worshiping in that room, we have the chance to do what I think God made us to do. And in Psalm 150, the psalmist talks about it. He says, we're made to praise the eternal, praise the true God inside his temple. And I miss doing that inside our synagogue, our worship venue. And then he says, praise him beneath the massive skies under moonlit stars and rising sun. Anybody been up lately for a sunrise or a sunset? I've been taking my uh, camera as often as I can to take photos of sunrises and sunsets during 2020. I've taken some of my favorites, uh, some over water and some over land. And in every one, as soon as I put the camera in my hand, it helps me to breathe. And you know what I've done every time I've taken a photo of a sunrise or a sunset? I've gone, I can't believe that God painted that portrait just for me in this moment. There'll never be another one just like it. The psalmist knew if we get outside and we appreciate all that God has done, he says, praise him for his powerful acts, redeeming his people, praise him for his greatness that surpasses our time and understanding. I don't understand all of it, but I believe in 2020 and during this Advent season, you and I are made to get outside. Will you put on some worship music and go for a long walk? Will you get up for a sunrise? Will you stay out for a sunset? It's happening really early, like 5 p.m. And you go out and maybe you drive to Galveston. I've done a bunch of those this year. Literally, just drive across that causeway just to see a sunset and drive back so I can be with my kids before it's time to go to bed. And I'm telling you, it's in those places of worship. I still miss being in this room, but I can worship Jesus fully in those places. Not only do we want to go outside, we wanna go inside. Galatians 6 reminds us this, examine your own works so that if you were proud, it will be because of your own accomplishments and not someone else's. Each person has his or her, her own burden to bear and story to write. 
Ecclesia, this is a time to go inside, to look at our own hearts and see what's in our hearts, to find places of pride, to not only examine our motives and our sins and our failures and our successes, but also to tell our story, to write our story, to realize our unique relationship with God. And though we can't worship in this room, we can worship outside, we can observe nature, we can spend time inside. And as we do, we can literally examine what's happening in our own hearts and our own minds. Why do I have these thoughts? Why uh, do I have these reactions to different people? And in those places, we bring those things to God and we learn so much about ourselves. I believe 2020 is an opportunity to do that. And as we worship, this is what we'll find, that the truth of John 3:16, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, the greatest gift that could ever be given. And when we receive that kind of gift, you know what happens during Advent? We realize that Jesus is the ultimate gift and we want to do exactly what happened in Matthew chapter 2 verse 9. When Jesus came and was born, what happens? It tells us in Matthew 2 verse 9 that the wise men left Herod's chambers. They'd been on a long journey. They were looking to the stars. Again, they were worshiping outside and God spoke through nature to tell them a Savior's been born and the world has changed. And it tells us they left Herod's chambers and the star they had first seen in the east reappeared, a miracle that of course overjoyed and enraptured the wise men. And the star led them to the house where Jesus lay. And as soon as the wise men arrived, they saw him with his mother Mary and they bowed down and they worshiped him. They worshiped fully and then what did they do? They unpacked their satchels and they gave Jesus gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. What was the natural response to worship? It was to give. And we're a people made to give. And literally, it was a reflex for them. It's like going to the doctor and you get that hammer put on your elbow, right? And it just, or on your leg and you kick, right? And you know instantly uh, that it's just, it's a reflex. You got a natural reflex. And when you realize that Jesus was born in the world to rescue you, to save you, that he loves you and he loves all people, the natural response is to give. And so as we give, this is what we'd said we'd like to do in this Advent season, to spend less, and to give more, that we believe you can do both. In fact, this is what I would tell you. Historically, um, you ought to know that Christmas um, really comes from some traditions that aren't uniquely Christian. There was this big celebration, it was a pagan celebration called Saturnalia. And, and that celebration was filled with uh, weeks of uh, eating and drinking and decorating trees and doing all kinds of things that were just a big celebration. And there were Christian people that realized this is a pretty great party. It's just kind of meaningless. What if we made this party about Jesus' birth? It's not necessarily a bad idea at all. They realized everyone loves to celebrate this. What if we infuse some real meaning into it? And nobody really thought that Jesus was born sometime in late December. They just thought if we're gonna celebrate Jesus' birth, maybe we can incorporate some of these celebratory practices and make it a really meaningful time to celebrate Jesus. And so part of that was gift giving. And that's a beautiful thing because the natural response to worship should be gift giving. But you know what I think is the best compliment to any gift that you could give? Have you thought about it before? If you give someone a gift, what's the, the best response you could hope for? I'd suggest to you that if you give a gift and someone looks at you and says, that is so thoughtful, right? They're expressing to you like, one, you, you listened to me. Like you must've heard me. You knew this was something I wanted or needed or that it would mean something to me. It, it's sentimental to me. This is a thoughtful gift. If somebody looks at a gift and just says, wow, that's so expensive, 
What, what does that mean? It just means you swiped your card. We don't even swipe cards anymore. We stick them, right? So it just means you used your credit card and you used either uh, money you had or um, credit that you have and you're going to carry debt. You just gave something expensive. It's not necessarily a great compliment. And I would suggest to you, Ecclesia, that the pressure that we often feel uh, to give gifts, right? That it becomes a consumer exchange. In fact, we often use the word exchange, a gift exchange, right? A consumer word. If you give a gift because it's obligatory in this season, you know what it's not? It's not a gift. If it's an exchange, it's not a gift. And what we wanna do are actually give gifts. And just because somebody gave you a gift doesn't oblige you to give them a gift or vice versa. That it ought to be something that comes from our heart. And I have experienced in my own life that the times I'm the happiest are the times that I'm able to love other people really well and that I feel most loved by others. This is a season that ought to be about that kind of love and that kind of sharing. And the pressure to give is usually not helpful. What if in this season we focused our gift on our presence with a CE and not our presence with a TS? Years ago, I, um, I tried to give my boys this kind of gift. Um, and as parents, maybe you can think through these things, right? I wanted to give them something that would basically trick them to spend time with me. And I wanted, because I played chess with my dad, I wanted my boys to play chess with me. And I told them at the beginning of the year, we were just starting to play chess more often, that, um, that if they um, tied me at any point in chess, uh, they'd get $2. And if they beat me, which they never had, by the way, um, they'd get $20. I thought it was a safe bet. They would aspire to beat me, but they never would. The last three and a half months of that year, I never won. They became chess masters, right? They figured it out and I was broke by the end of the year, but we had a lot of fun being together. I wonder if the gifts that you give this season would require your presence rather than just the exchange or the use of your credit card. What might that look like? Ecclesia, here's another way to give a great gift. If you focus on blessing the people that someone loves, if you wanted to give me a great gift, you know what you could do? My kids have had a hard year. You could give something to my kids. It's better than giving something to me, right? When my kids feel loved, I feel like the world is set right and things are beautiful. As you give gifts to loved ones and as you give gifts unconditionally, you're living into the truth of what Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 13. He explains what it means to be a person that gives. He says, I could be a person in verse three of chapter 13 that gave all I have to feed the poor. I could surrender my body to be burned as a martyr, but if I do not live in love, I gain nothing. Ecclesia, what if our gifts reflected the beauty of this passage? He said, love is patient. Love is kind. Love isn't envious. It doesn't boast, brag, or strut about. There's no arrogance in love. It's never rude, crude, or indecent. It's not self-absorbed. Love isn't easily upset. Love doesn't tally wrongs or celebrate injustice, but truth, yes, truth is love's delight. Love puts up with anything and everything that comes along. It trusts, hopes, and endures no matter what. Paul says love will never become obsolete. What do I think most of us want most at Christmas? We want to feel loved. We wanna express that love. Any gift that you give that expresses that kind of unconditional love to the people around you will be transformative, both for them and for you. There's nothing better 
right? The giving a gift that you can tell was amazingly meaningful to someone. Years ago, the staff at Ecclesia gave me this really nice watch. We were in a really hard year. We were worshiping at Taft and we didn't have enough room and things were really caving in on us because we only had 17 parking spots and we tried to move out for a little while to the House of Blues and that worked a little bit but didn't really work and it was a chaotic time as we were trying to find a place. Ultimately, we found this place at 1100 Elder. And at the 13th year of my service to Ecclesia, they pulled me aside and they gave me this watch. And you know, if I'm having a bad day, um, I wear this watch. I put away my Apple watch because when I wear it, I think about the people and what they said when they gave it to me. And that gift meant something and it still means something to me. When my daughter was young, she knit me a scarf, right? And I tell you, when I put that scarf around my neck, it's like I've wrapped myself in love. Are there any gifts that you could give in this season that would have that kind of meaning? And then lastly, and this is what we're gonna talk more about next week, I believe during Advent, if we're truly worshiping Jesus, the best gift we give this year, the very best gift ought to be to Jesus. And our children have taught us from the very beginning that if we're gonna give a gift to Jesus, that Jesus taught us we're to give to the least of these. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse two, Paul talks about this kind of giving. And he tells the church in Corinth, because they were in a position where they had a lot. And though we feel like we have less maybe than we did last year, we have a lot when we look at our brothers and sisters at the Venezuela border and the chance we have to bring clean water or tamales to them. When we look at brothers and sisters all across the globe that are in need of clean water, both to wash their hands, to stay safe from the pandemic with soap and to have water to drink, to stay healthy and strong. We have an excess everywhere I go in the world. I will regularly be asked in places where they lack clean water. We hear stories about where you come from. Then in the United States, they can't believe it. Then in the United States, is it true? I've been asked so many times. Is it true that you use clean water to flush your toilets? And there's a moment of almost shame, right? We use clean water to, we, we take long baths and showers. Maybe you take longer ones than me. I try to get in and out fast. Do you, can, you, can you even imagine the amount of water that we use? And we have brothers and sisters across the globe that don't have it. Paul says this, he says, I know you're ready. He says, I know you wanna share because you have a lot. I bragged about you throughout Macedonia. I told them how the people in Achaia, how they've been prepared since last year. And you did this last year and we're called to do it again this year. He says, they've been prepared since last year and your passion, it's been contagious. Ecclesia, it has. There are thousands of churches that celebrate Advent conspiracy that declare themselves as a people that are gonna worship fully, spend less, give more and love all. And in that season, they've given more to bring clean water to people across the globe than we could ever imagine. That passion that we started years ago, it's been contagious and it ought to still be. He says, still I thought it would be best to send these brothers and sisters ahead to help you finish the details so all my bragging wouldn't be for nothing. Feels a little bit like me when I've been in places with our Living Water staff and I'll tell them, our church is gonna do it again this year. We're gonna give and we're gonna help you drill more water wells because we believe it's the right thing to do. 
If some of the Macedonians decide to travel with me, all of us would be more than embarrassed if we arrived and you weren't ready to give after the way that we've been going on about you. So to help you get your previously promised gift ready, it makes sense to me to ask the brothers and sisters to go on ahead so that you will have all the time you need to put it together as planned so it doesn't look thrown together or coerced. Next week, I'm gonna to talk to you more about it, but I'd like to invite you to start the process of praying about your Advent gift. Is it possible that the best gift you give this year would be to Jesus, to bring clean water and food and care for people that need it the most? I'm grateful to be a part of a church and a part of a family that says, we're gonna make that our best gift. I'm praying that you will as well. And I believe that Christmas can truly still change the world. Ecclesia, will you give me a moment to pray for you? Lord God, I thank you that your birth changed everything. As John 3 tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And that when the greatest gift that could ever be given came into the world, it changed things for everyone. And that includes me and every person sharing and worshiping in this service. And we believe God that you have changed us so that we can bring change to other people. We pray that you would bless our families, our city and the world in this unique Advent season. Give us patience as we wait. Allow our worship of that one true God born in a manger to change everything in our hearts and in our lives. We pray this together and we pray it in your name. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit we pray, amen. Friends, as we continue to celebrate this third week of Advent, uh, and prepare our hearts to come to the feasting table with Jesus. Will you join me in this confession prayer? As we long for the coming of Jesus, we contemplate our sin and our need of a savior. Come, long expected Jesus. Excite in us a desire for the wisdom of the Father. Forgive us for the foolishness and harm of our words and actions. Come, long-expected Jesus, excite in us a hunger for peace throughout the world, in our homes and in our hearts. Forgive us when we cling to our sad divisions, resentments, and shame. Come, long-expected Jesus, excite in us the joy of the spirit you have given us. Free us from any sorrow and anger that blinds us to your wondrous creation. Come, long-expected Jesus, excite in us love for you and all of our neighbors. Forgive us for tirelessly seeking our own interests. Come, long-expected Jesus, excite in us a faith that never underestimates the power of your hand. Forgive us when fear hinders our obedience to you. And all together, lift our heads in contrite hope and renew our hearts to receive your arrival as never before. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. And so friends, we return to the table again, and we do tell the story of Jesus. Even as we anticipate the story of his coming in the flesh, we, we also remember the end of his life, how the night before he went to the cross, he gathered with his friends, his disciples, they ate the Passover meal together. And in the course of that meal, Jesus took bread, and today we've got a Texas communion with a tortilla chip, but Jesus took bread and he blessed God and he offered it to his friends. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. Whenever you eat this, do this in remembrance of me. 
and then they ate the meal. At the end of the meal, he took a cup of wine and again he blessed God. And as he offered it to his friends, he said something new. He said, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of your sins. So whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. And this remembrance is important. We need to look back at the life of Jesus, his incarnation at Christmas, and his teachings, and his death, and his resurrection, and his ascension. But we also look forward and we anticipate. Even as we are anticipating the coming of Jesus at Christmas, we anticipate again the second coming, where we will get to feast eternally with our God. And so this table today, with our humble elements, tortilla chip here, whatever you've got in your homes, may it be for us a foretaste of the heavenly banquet feast. Friends, let's feast and celebrate together. Amen. Now's the special time in our service where we pause to pray over the special children in our lives. I always think of my kiddos, Eden and Adele, as well as special new babies born to us this year, like Ford and Eleanor. 
So I pray a prayer of blessing over the children and the parents in this difficult season that you would feel the comfort and the presence of God that brings you joy as His mercies are new every morning. I pray that you would wake up feeling refreshed and breathe in deeply and feel His love all around you. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The benediction today is a poem by Madeline Langle called First Coming. He did not wait till the world was ready, till men and nations were at peace. He came when the heavens were unsteady and prisoners cried out for release. He did not wait for the perfect time. He came when the need was deep and great. He dined with sinners in all their grime, turned water into wine. He did not wait till hearts were pure. In joy he came to a tarnished world of sin and doubt, to a world like ours of anguished shame he came, and his light would not go out. He came to a world which did not mesh to heal its tangles, shield its scorn. In the mystery of the word made flesh, the maker of the stars was born. We cannot wait till the world is sane to raise our songs with joyful voice, to share our grief, to touch our pain. He came with love. Rejoice, rejoice. Ecclesia, continue to rejoice, rejoice in this season. Dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.